1: NFL touchdown for Zach Wilson, and it goes to Corey Davis down the middle. He's got it. Elijah Moore, the twenty, the ten, the five, touchdown. Jones has just caught flat-footed. What an excellent, excellent route. He'll hit immediately. He got the handoff. You know the Qinator. Oh my gosh! Oh, listen, thank you.
0: From the PlayLikeAJet.com digital studio. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it is time to break down the tape of Jermaine Johnson, the pass rusher from Florida State. A lot of buzz, especially after the Senior Bowl. And so to do that, of course, we bring in our friend who is the Thunder from down under, Mr. Luke Grant. Luke, what's up, brother?
2: Doing pretty well. Uh, Jermaine Johnson, really interesting prospect. A guy who was pretty much thought of as a bottom of the first round pick. Came into Mobile at the Senior Bowl, dominated. And now we're looking at him at four, at 10. So looking forward to breaking down the
0: film. We have two videos up I should point out On Jermaine Johnson We have how he won the Senior Bowl That's a very popular video on our channel So watch it if you haven't already And then Luke you put up an All-22 review Of his game tape from his year at Florida State And I say his year because He only played one year at Florida State And we're going to dive in a little bit on that With C.J. Wilson from the Unconquered Talk podcast Who you may remember came on the show To break down and Nasraldine After the Jets drafted him Out of Florida State last year So I'm looking forward to talking to him about Jermaine Johnson beyond the film. But when we take a look at the film, the first thing that stands out to me before we get to the pass rushing is that he's a really good run defender. He might be the best run defender of all the edge rushers in this class.
2: Yeah. And that really raises the ceiling. I mean, while run defense isn't the most covered thing in the NFL right now, and it isn't what prospects have been drafted in the top 10 for, it definitely lifts the floor. Look at a guy like Jadevian Clowney, even though he didn't pan out anywhere near what people wanted. The ability to defend the run definitely raises your ability and stops you from being a bust. And that definitely goes into drafting someone in the top 10. He is good in multiple facets as a run defender. You want to talk about a guy who can set the edge, be that outside uh, contain, and make sure they funnel everything back to the inside. He can do that. He can two-gap. But then he's also fantastic in short spaces. There were some reps against Ike where he was able to pull off this little club swim And Ikem's trying to get off the line and be super aggressive and get in his face and be physical and make first contact. Johnson's able to club with the right arm, swim over with the left, and then penetrate in the backfield and get to the running back and make a tackle for loss. It's the versatility in the run game that's important and that really stood out on tape because I mentioned that rep, but then you see reps where they try and roll into a double team in an outside zone look, and he's on the front side of the play and he's able to withstand that, to stand up to the block, and then to shed, get inside, and make a play. He's just fantastic uh, at at being able to diagnose the running game and the instincts, and that with the skills, with the power, with the quickness, makes him very, very uh, capable. More than that, he's a fantastic run defender, and I think that definitely raises your floor, as we said, off the top. So it may not be the most premium asset you can have as a pass rusher, but I think it's definitely an important one when you're talking about not being a bust and giving yourself a level of certainty heading into the draft.
0: Luke, can you talk a little bit more about Jermaine Johnson's one-on-one with Ikemaquanu, the tackle from NC State? Because eventually we're going to get around to Ikemaquanu's tape We did a profile of him, and if you haven't listened to it, you should go back and listen. Featuring Eric Hedholm of Yahoo, who talked to Ike broke down his history. Really fascinating guy, so listen to that episode if you haven't already. We're going to do a film breakdown of him at some point. But for now, I wanted you to touch on the Jermaine Johnson-Ike battle, because I think a lot of the people that are touting Johnson as a possibility at number four are pointing to that as the biggest sign that he could be a top edge rusher in the NFL.
2: Yeah, I'd say there were four or five reps where Johnson had great success against Aquan, And unfortunately, if you're playing tackle, it's one of those spots where you can win 85% of the reps. But if you lose that 15% quite badly, it reflects as though you've lost the match- The matchup. Johnson, I mentioned the running game where he beat him in that instance with a little club swim. He showed off the spin move. We talked about Mobile. He showed an incredible spin move. You saw that translate to the tape. He beat Ikem with a spin move to the outside. It was vicious. It's not just this loose, big, unplanned spin. It's tight. He then uses the arm to, to propel off the back of Ikem O'Quannan. He's very uh, technically savvy, and that's something that stands out on the Jermaine Johnson tape. He's an older prospect, but you saw it against Ikem. Once or twice, he beat him to the, inside, uh, sorry, to the outside as well. When we get into the pass rushing, we'll mention he's very regimented. He does things the same way. His footwork is his base, and then he'll change his hand usage off of that. At first, he definitely had success against Ikem. As the matchup went on, you started to see him, though, kind of become familiar with what Johnson was trying to do. And then he was more patient with his hands. But i definitely say he won his fair share of reps. And anyone who's looking at a prospect, you always want to see them have success against top five, top ten caliber talent, because that's how you know it translates to the NFL. And he definitely had some wins against Ikem O'Kwanu. So it was good to see. Uh, I thought he did especially well in the running game. Ikem's one of the best run blockers I've seen in the last three or four years coming out. So had, had a nice level of success and I think that will definitely comfort some people heading into April. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs.
1: To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Play like a jet. Play like a jet.
0: Let's break down Jermaine Johnson's strengths as a pass rusher. I think one thing that I really like about him is his incredible motor. He never stops trying. No matter what, he never gives up on a play and he's in it on every single play. He may not win that particular battle, but he's going to give it everything he's got from bell to bell. I also think he's got a fairly wide array of moves. You saw that at the Senior Bowl practices, and it showed up on tape. I'm not trying to sit here and say that he's got 12 different moves that he wins with consistently. He definitely has moves he relies on far more than others, but a reasonably large number of moves for somebody who still has potential to get better. So talk a little bit about his strengths here as a pass rusher.
2: Yeah, when you want to think about who Jermaine Johnson is as a pass rusher, there is the Boston College tape. I mentioned the NC State game. Uh, you look at those kind of performances. Everything he or Every time he won, he was winning on the outside with very similar footwork, and I mentioned that in my last answer. I call it Eurostep footwork. Some people refer to it as other things. You then look at almost a cross-chop type technique. So effectively, what you're getting from Jermaine Johnson is He's going to sell that he's coming off the outside leg. He's going to propel and beat you on the inside shoulder. Then he's going to cut off his inside leg and give himself more space to the outside. He's trying to separate you and the tackle and give himself more of an opportunity to use his hands and prevent himself from being engaged by the tackle. You see that a ton. Even when he then translates to speed to power and decides to go through the chest, he'll still use that footwork. That footwork is the basis of everything Jermaine Johnson is as a pass rusher. And then with his hands, that's where you start to see, I guess, some of the subtle differences and more pass rushing uh, prowess because that's where the versatility comes from. I mentioned the cross chop. What does that mean? You're going to chop with one hand and then use the other to kind of propel yourself around the corner. Um, You will see some of the club swims, those kind of things. He's very proficient with his hands. He's very technically savvy. He understands how to use them and how to prevent himself from being engaged by the tackle. That's super important. But in saying that, there's a level of ceiling with that pass rush move because in the NFL, tackles will be more patient. They won't feel like he's going to beat him on the inside because he really didn't show propensity to do so. It was just the threat that scared the college tackles. But in saying that, you mentioned the senior ball tape, the, the spin move you saw it. It's there on tape. He just didn't use it a ton. He's got incredibly long levers when he goes through the chest to speed to power. Again, he just didn't do it as much as I would have liked. But the tools are there, the little, I guess, thing to note there is that he's a 23-year-old athlete. He's going to be 23 and nine months old when it comes into opening day. So you'd expect him to be technically sound because he has more experience than nearly every other pass rusher in the class. But yeah, Jermaine Johnson is a polished guy. And I think there's a level of certainty that he can come in and get six, seven, eight sacks. I'm not quite sure what the ceiling is on him just because the uh, the athleticism doesn't jump off the tape. But because of the polish, because of the really well-executed hand usage, I think it definitely gives you confidence that he's going to be a very good rusher. And that's why I think he's a good option at 10. I don't think he's the option at four because that ceiling's not quite there for me. You want to hit a home run at four, not necessarily a double. So I'm confident in him. I think the pass rushing is quite polished. I think there's a nice array of moves there to use. He could tap into them more, but overall, I thought he was really good.
0: Luke, let's break down the weaknesses. You had a whole list that you put out on Twitter. I wanted you to break that down for me a little bit. Can you talk about what you saw from Jermaine Johnson that made you hesitate a little bit, not necessarily to take him at number 10, but what would make you think number four is a little too rich?
2: Yeah, the first thing is what we talked about there, and it's the age, because when you come out with that kind of breakout age and you have the season he had at FSU, typically that's a little bit of a red flag because you got to understand this is a 23-year-old man going against 18, 19, 20-year-old kids. And the level of development there for athletes in college is very, very large. So that's always something that gives you cause for pause because you wonder, has he hit his ceiling athletically, technically? It's a little like Alabama. Someone said in my comments, have they maxed out as a prospect? And that's what you're getting. And then you have to dilute that because they're going against NFL talent. So that was something that made me think, okay, is that a little bit of something to be worried about Jermaine Johnson? The other thing I kind of already prefaced is the footwork. You take yourself very far away from the quarterback with his footwork, his Eurostat, the cross chop moves, all of those things. If a tackle is patient and they don't want to punch early or feel the need to engage in quick pass set, I think he struggled a little bit because even though he's very good with his hands and he can be multiple and diverse with his hands, he doesn't stack moves together very well. If the tackle wins off the line of scrimmage, I'd struggle to see Jermaine Johnson come up with a counter within the same pass-slash move. He didn't stack moves well together. Okay, so let's say he's gone to the outside, and he's going for a club swim, and then he doesn't get there. You don't see him then rip under the armpit and bend around the corner. That's not the kind of guy he is. That's the reason you saw Jermaine Johnson only have a 17% pass rush win rate in 2022. Look, I know sacks are great, and people are always drawn to that number like moths to a flame. But realistically, there are so many elements of luck that go into sacks in the NFL in college. It's whether the quarterback gets rid of the ball. Does the tackle make a mistake? Are you unblocked? There's so many factors, the pressures they translate to wins and sacks in the future and predicting those numbers. And that kind of concerned me for Jermaine Johnson. I just kept coming back to, can he stack? Can he disengage? If the tackle gets hands on him, does he have the power to swim through, to rip underneath, to go through the chest. I just didn't quite see enough of it, and that was a little bit concerning for me for sure.
0: I will say, Luke, one other major positive in Jermaine Johnson's favor is the fact that I think he fits any scheme you want to put him in, 3-4-4-3. So Robert Sala, Jeff Ulbrich, not going to have any issues with using him in a variety of different ways. When you looked at the tape, is that what you saw as well?
2: Yeah, I wouldn't have any hesitation, especially in this game, drafting him in a 4-3. You saw a lot of that predominantly at Florida State. You know, he's big on the edge. He can set it. He can, you know, stand up to a double team, like we said, even though that's not particularly what Sulla wants from his defensive end. He can do that. He has the size to eat up space. But then you saw him in enough seven technique kind of positions at Florida State. We know that Robert Seller likes a wide nine. He likes space on the outside, giving him an increased runway is only going to benefit Jermaine Johnson. It suits his skill set well, his ability to win on the outside. If he can then work in his counters, his spin moves, I think this is going to be a perfect scheme for him. But as you said, if you wanted him to play more an outside, 3-4 outside linebacker like the Baltimore Ravens use or what the Giants will do this year with Wink Mandel, You could see him do that for sure. I think that's what, you know, also elevates his ceiling as I've talked, sorry, his floor as I've talked about quite a few times. The floor is raised by run defense, by versatility, and by certainty with technique. And I think he ticks all three of those boxes. So I would have no hesitation based on the scheme. I think he'd be a great pick at 10. I think he fits well in the scheme. He's polished enough. He can win immediately because Joe Douglas needs people who can come in and win from day one. The seat's going to get a little warm if he doesn't win in 2022. I think we're all pretty comfortable saying that. So Jermaine Johnson makes sense. He fits nicely in Robert Suller's defense. He can play the wide nine. He can bump inside and play more of a five technique. Very versatile. And I think he'd be a great fit in.
0: Luke, you've looked at all the top edge rushers. Specifically, we'll mention the six that get the most buzz. Kayvon Thibodeau, Aiden Hutchinson, Trayvon Walker, Jermaine Johnson, who we're discussing now, David Ajabo, and George Karloftis. How do you think Johnson stacks up with those other names?
2: It, it's look, there's, a, there's a really clear third tier for me. I think very clearly Aiden Hutchinson and Kayvon Thibodeau are edges one and two. I think they give you the level of certainty despite all the bust talk about Thibodeau, but they also have the athleticism and the tools and the age that make you think they could be superstars. Then you've got, I think he's in a class here with, for the Jets anyway, and let's speak specifically about the Jets board. Ajabo is going to fall now because of the injury because he's not a great skipper that fit for the Jets scheme anyway. He's lighter. He's more of a 3-4 outside linebacker. So let's put him down to the bottom tier. That leaves you with three guys. It's Walker, it's Carl Loftus, and it's Johnson. Now, Walker is almost the anti-Jermaine Johnson. He's unpolished. He's raw. He's an athletic upside gamble. So I think they're similar level of prospects. Jamons- Johnson's just very... Uh, maxed out, and he's very technically proficient right now, and you know what you're getting right now, but the ceiling's not there. Walker's the complete opposite of that. And then you've got Karl Loftus. He's probably somewhere in the middle. He's only 21. He showed flashes. He's not going to be the best athlete in the class, but he showed enough bend, and he's extremely powerful, and he's got short arms, but he's compact, and he wins through the chest. So I think he's in a really close battle to be edge three. For the New York Jets right now, if you gave me the choice, And those three were there at 10. Might be controversial, I'd probably take Jermaine Johnson. I just think the certainty, the pass rush moves to the outside, that gives me confidence, and at number 10, that's what I'm after. I just think Walker's a gamble. I know people are much higher on him than I am. I just haven't seen him win from the outside. And it isn't that it wasn't on tape, it's that he wasn't winning when he was there, and that's concerning. And 11% pass rush win rate worries me. Karl I just think he doesn't quite have the length that I want or seller likes in his system with his arms, with his twitch and explosiveness. So for me, Jermaine Johnson's edge three for the New York Jets. And if he's there at 10 and the Jets go elsewhere at four, I think he'd be a great selection.
0: Luke, I know you like to do comps to current NFL players or past NFL players just to give people an idea of where you think Jermaine Johnson shakes out. Who do you have as a comparison here?
2: You know, I'm really struggling to find that perfect comp for Jermaine Johnson. And I'm not someone who, if I don't have one, I don't want to just kind of throw out a name and say, uh, Jameson Williams reminds me of Will Fuller Because he's fast or you know something like that That you see in the media a lot I haven't quite nailed it down yet I'm looking for that kind of high floor Lower ceiling uh, Very technically proficient edge rusher It hasn't come to me yet So if anyone's got any ideas DM me at Luke Grand 7 on Twitter But I'm going to get there We've got two and a half weeks to the draft roughly So I'm sure we'll land one But right now it's a work in progress I haven't quite closed the book on it Still looking for a comp on Jermaine Johnson
0: Luke, anything else you want to mention about Jermaine Johnson that we didn't hit on yet?
2: No, I just think he seems like a really high character profile. Um, seems like an awesome guy in the locker room. I know the FSU community uh, welcomed him in, and he fit in immediately in their culture. Uh, he was a standout on the field, so you love to see that. Uh, the coaches, well, just remember the Jets, although they didn't coach him, they got a firsthand look at him at the senior bowl. Jermaine Johnson was probably the most dominant player there in Mobile a couple of months ago. We made a video on it, as you mentioned. That probably will have some weight, I think, because if you look at the last time the Jets coached the senior bowl, like the first, second, and third round picks were all people they coached or saw in Alabama. So I definitely think it's something to note. Uh, It gave you a, a bit more certainty because you saw him against other seniors. You're taking away the discrepancy of ages. But overall, I like Jermaine Johnson. Do I love him? Am I happy if they take him at four? I'm not. But that doesn't mean he's not a really good player. It doesn't mean I'm right. That's just my take on Jermaine.
0: Luke Grant, the Thunder from Down Under. Thanks so much for coming on and breaking down Jermaine Johnson's tape with me. Really appreciate it. We're going to be doing a bunch of these as we get ready for the NFL Draft, which, believe it or not, is right around the corner. We've got a ton of videos up, including, as I said, two videos on Jermaine Johnson, one on how he won the Senior Bowl, and another with all 22 footage covering his season at Florida State. Talk about that and everything else that people can find on our channel when they go and subscribe, and also our store over at T public.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com.
2: Yeah, first of all, the Tee Public stuff is awesome. My partner, Alex, helps with the design stuff. We've got Zach the Ripper shirts. Zach says go long, play like a Jet logo merch. And as I say every single time I'm on the show, you, it's not just T-shirts. You can put it on sweats. You can put it on hats. You can put it on phone cases, stickers, anything you like. Uh, you can just use the logos. You can use the merch, and you can turn it into whatever you like. So that's an awesome benefit. I love the stuff over at T Public. So make sure you check it out. Bless you, thank you, range with Quinn and Williams. It's all great stuff. And then over on the play like a jet YouTube, you mentioned the Jermaine Johnson stuff. Also got two videos on another edge rusher um, and about the, the narratives that have surrounded Kayvon Thibodeau. Make sure you check those ones out. The last one dropped last week. I thought it was a, a really good look at his game against USC, talking about how people said he didn't dominate matchups. So I went through and took 14, 15 clips from one match. Oh, sorry, from one game and just showed you how he dominated and how he was the force that disrupted USC's offense. Uh, We've got a video up on David Ajabo. If you're hoping he falls to the second round to 35, Uh, you can find a video on Trayvon, sorry, on Kayvon. That was right the first time. Trayvon Walker and looking at uh, his success and looking at his usage and where he was so successful at Georgia, whether he projects well to the Jets scheme. Um, There's going to be one coming on Carl Loftus. There's going to be stuff dropping on Jameson Williams more of the wide receivers sky more make sure you check it out the next two and a half weeks is going to be 10 15 video breakdowns it's going to be great so check us out play like a jet on
0: youtube Make sure you check out our YouTube channel and subscribe if you haven't already. Visit our store at teepublic.com. That's teepublic.com. And follow Luke on Twitter at lukegrant7. Plus, give us a five star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeaJet.com.